Hey friends, it's my birthday. <laughs> Just like when we were in elementary school and it was your birthday, you brought the dessert. I also did this at one of my jobs, which was so fun. We, When it was our birthday, it was our job to bring our favorite food in. So today I'm celebrating my birthday with y'all by bringing you a bonus episode. And I am so grateful you are here. I just want to take the minute to say thank you for your reviews, your feedback. All of it is just so wonderful and it, it lights my fire. I love what I get to do here, but I love it because I get to hear and meet y'all. So Thank you. From the bottom of my birthday girl heart today. (laughs) Hey, so today I'm going to be talking about seven nutrition mistakes I have made and how you cannot make them. I think there is so much to be pulled from mistakes. And if we share our mistakes and we talk more openly about them, we can all help each other not do the same. And I'm really excited to impact some of these lessons learned with you today. Before I dive in, friends, if you have been tuning in, you know this big news. You know what's going on. But if this is your first time, I want to make sure you are in the loop. For the last two weeks of June, so from now until June 30th, I am having an awesome sale on Food Foundation. So it's $100 off. And Food Foundations is an e-course where my mission is very simple. I want you to become an empowered eater where you finally figure out this plan on like how to get healthy, how to get fit, how to improve your overall well-being without sacrificing the most meaningful moments of life or going back to the diet culture crazy because that's definitely not where we want to be. I'm not there and I don't want you there either. But I do think sometimes when we're looking at making food changes, we've done some of the deeper work on letting go of diet culture. When we get back to like, okay, well now how do I be healthy? It's, it's tricky and I've got the blueprint ready for you guys. In this course, we cover all of the... Mo- In this course, we're going to cover all aspects of empowered eating. So we start with the diet culture detox, really redefining health on your own terms, getting acquainted with your values and setting values-based goals. Then we move on to biofeedback, what that is, how to identify it and how to track it, and finally pulling in your own customized fuel plan. So every single person who's enrolled gets their own fuel plan that is customized to your needs and your goals. It's a lot of fun over there, and it's $100 off. So head on over to JessBrownRD.com, click on Courses, and you're going to enter Summer Steel at checkout for the one-time purchase. Guys, you have access to that for a lifetime. It is a self-paced course, and if you have any other questions on it, be sure to just let me know. Shoot me a message. I'd be happy to help you on that. All right, you guys ready to learn from my mistakes today? (laughs) Let's go ahead and dive in. Hey, awesome. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're ready to stop falling into diet culture traps and finally put together a realistic plan on how to boost your energy. You might feel stuck because you can't quite kick the chocolate habit. The whole body love thing isn't getting the job done. Or maybe you're at an impasse because you are pushing it in the gym, but you can't figure out how and what to eat. How many times have you Googled best diet and found that the latest trend has failed you? Hey girl, I'm Jess registered dietitian, wife, mama, and total science and nutrition research junkie. I too used to be stuck in the cycle of insecurity and never feeling like my body was good enough. Then I tried to fix it with food only to end up right back where I started. I did some really hard work. I found food freedom, but then I was confused on how to eat healthy and get fit without falling back into diet culture crazy. I wish someone would have taught me the difference between discipline and obsession. I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself by balancing healthy eating with food freedom. Like how do I actually eat healthy, get fit, and have donuts with my kids? It wasn't until I figured out this awesome balance between discipline and permission, the art of intentional eating with sprinkles of flexibility. 
the Empowered Eating Model was born. Here on the show, we nix diet culture while creating values-based health goals. We reconnect with how our body responds to food through biofeedback, all the while figuring out a plan on how to get healthy and fit without sacrificing the most meaningful parts of life. Sustainability doesn't mean never eating your favorite foods again. I mean, pizza is life, right? <laughs> we are here to finally not just feel comfortable, but confident in our body. I am so excited to fuel your awesome with empowered eating. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and grab my three steps to empowered eating guide totally free. Or hop onto my e-course, Food Foundations, to get the step-by-step deets on how I got here. All right, you ready to take your inner awesome to the next level? So grab that cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, because girl, it's time to go. All right, friends, you ready to learn from nutrition mistakes I've made? (laughs) Here it is. Here's all the dirty details. Now, some of these are going to be more behaviorally based and some are more like nutrition and tactically focused mistakes that I have made. So I'm going to alternate between both because I think both are equally important when it comes to making health changes. So number one, one of the biggest, this is probably one of the biggest nutrition mistakes I have made is letting my emotions drive the bus when it comes to my health. I am a highly emotional person. I'm an empath. Like when I'm in the room with someone and they're crying, I'm crying too. I feel what other people are feeling on a deep, deep level. I can't even watch scary movies because when I watch scary movies and someone gets hurt or kidnapped or, you know, all the awful stuff that happens, I don't just like see it as a movie. I see it as like, oh my gosh, If that was real life, that's somebody's son or that's somebody's daughter. And what are they feeling right now in this moment? What are the emotions? What are their parents feeling? Do they have grandparents? It's just, oh, it's exhausting. (laughs) But I have this deep, deep ability to feel all the things. That's a great thing, especially when it comes to my friendships and my relationships, because it means I'm there. I'm in it with my peeps. But when it comes to food... If I let emotions drive the bus or when it comes to my body image or how I interpret data, if I let emotions drive the bus, I am setting myself up for failure. And I think this is where I'm not alone. Many of us oftentimes get stuck by or trapped by our emotions where we feel like our diet's not making a difference or we feel like our body looks a certain way. It's one of my favorite things when I'm working with a client and they feel like they've gained weight or they feel like they haven't gotten any stronger. And then we look at the data and the data is showing us otherwise. I mean, it's kind of like a mind warp where we go, wait, what? I, I felt so icky in my body. And I think that just shows how deeply diet culture or some of like the internal messages that we've embedded deep into our psyche, how that can really impact and distort what we see and how we move and feel in our bodies. So number one is letting emotions drive the bus when it comes to health. And friends, if you're like, ah, shoot, I am one of those. (laughs) Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why I have a job in a way. Um, But also, like I've been there and I want you to know there's hope and there's a way to separate it. This is a lot of what we do in the first two modules of Food Foundations where we get really clear on like what does health look like? And we try to remove some of the emotion and reattach our objectives and our definition of success to our values. And so I think that's like a really key piece that most of us miss. Like we go to macros first or we go to cutting carbs or adding exercise, which is, you know, when whatever journey you're on, like those pieces will become something we look at, but you have to lay that foundation first and foremost. Okay. The second mistake I have made is not making changes with food first before I added functional foods. So what I mean by that is 
Like I remember in, this is my college eating disorder days, but one of the horrible habits I had was that I would skip meals and have a meal replacement, whether, I mean, back in that day it was slim fast, but sometimes it was, you know, now it's bars, now it's detox shakes. The options are honestly endless. But before I took a look at my diet and like made sure I was getting enough protein, added in enough fruits and vegetables, am I drinking enough water, all those basics, it's like I tried to fix the things I didn't like about my body and my energy levels with functional foods first. And guys, there is actually a food hierarchy. And I don't mean a food hierarchy in terms of like good foods and bad foods, but an order in which we need to make these dietary changes. And the first, the very first one is getting enough food and making sure, nutritionally speaking, we are getting adequate protein. We are getting adequate fiber. You know, this is a lot of why I think fuel plans are helpful because sometimes we need help recalibrating what our body needs because we've gotten so far away from it. Or we've let emotion drive the bus for so long that we don't really know what we need. Now, don't get me wrong. I love functional foods. Like I love me some protein shakes and some supplements, but they really can't do their job. And you don't feel the benefits from them if you haven't laid the foundation of adequate food, adequate nutrition first. So that would be my second mistake. How you cannot make this mistake is get educated on what you need. And guys, there's a reason dietitians have jobs. And so if you have not worked with a dietitian, you know, it doesn't have to be me. You can look in your local area. Maybe you have a friend that's a dietitian. But either way, guys, we love to help people figure this out. So get educated on what your body needs, where you might have some nutritional holes before you start trying to fix it with all the expensive stuff. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, staying, (laughs) this is kind of, I hope this comes out okay. I mean, I mean this with all the love in my heart. And this is something I've worked through with myself. But number three is staying in the pity party too long. This is a mistake I have made, not just with my food, but honestly with lots of areas in my life. And I think I first identified it with my food. And then I saw I was doing it with, you know, careers or finances or marriage stuff, parenting. (laughs) It's, It's kind of humbling to look at. One of the things I used to do was I would try to make dietary changes. And when I couldn't or something popped up and I fell off my goal, I would go to this pity party of like, see, I do this every time. I have no self-control. Jess, you're a dietitian. You can't even get this figured. You know, just some of that self-shaming talk. And really, who is that serving? What is that doing for me? I have decided since identifying this to adopt the philosophy. My sweet mom, she's just amazing. But she gave me this advice back in high school. I had just broken up with a boyfriend. Actually, he broke up with me. He broke my heart. I was devastated, like the kind I can't get out of bed devastated. You guys remember that first love stuff. So she came to me. She goes, Jess, we are going to feel these feelings. I want you to sit here. I want you to watch, you know, all the the sappy shows you want to watch. You're going to eat some ice cream. I'm going to take you to buy some new shoes. She's so great, isn't she? (laughs) She bought me pink Uggs. Well, they were the fake Uggs because we couldn't afford the real ones. But so she mapped out this plan for me. And then she said, but here's the deal. After that, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to get up off your ass. You're going to go to the gym and you're going to move on with your life. <laughs> I remember I was going, okay, yes, ma'am. You know, I'm all crying and sobbing. But I look back and I think this is a really like core philosophy that has shaped me. Me as a deep feeler, these feelings are going to pop up everywhere in my life. So why wouldn't they also pop up when I feel like I can't hit a goal with my diet or my exercise? So knowing that about myself, 
when I get kicked off the wagon or I make a mistake or things don't go my way or my body looks the way I don't want it to look or whatever it is, yeah, I can feel upset about it for a moment. You know, I might do some things to do, practice some self-care that are true self-care, like not self-sabotage, but you know, like let's say I've got a fitness goal and then I get injured and I can't actually run the marathon I signed up for. I can't compete in the weightlifting competition. Like that's a bummer, right? But instead of self-sabotaging, I can do what I need to do to take care of myself. Maybe that means, you know, I Gossip Girl is my go-to. I'm going to sit. I'm going to watch some Gossip Girl on Netflix. Maybe I buy myself some new pajamas, something like that to just comfort myself, take care of myself. But the next day, I'm going to get up off my butt. I'm going to set my new goals and get on with my life. Staying in that pity party for too long sucks not only time, but energy, emotional energy that doesn't actually help us get to where we want to go. And yeah, that's a mistake I've made chronically. And once I identified it, it was really humbling. (laughs) Now I work really hard to not stay in the pity party for longer than, you know, I've actually gotten better there for a while. I'd like stay in it for a day. And I, I think that's gotten shorter and shorter. Maybe part of that is just being a parent to two little boys. Like I don't have the time <laughs> anymore, but I, I do want to be aware of that. And as time opens up or maybe I have the opportunity to go to my sad place, I want to be aware of that and keep it as short as possible and practice self-care instead of staying stuck there. Number four is not getting enough water. If y'all listened to the episode I dropped just on Monday entitled, I don't know when I'm hungry or full, you guys know my story behind this. And if you missed it, go check it out. But bottom line, water is a nutrient. It is considered one of the primary nutrients right next to carbs, fats, and proteins. And we cannot function without it. One of the first indicators of proper hydration is that your urine is lightly colored or clear. That's one of the first biofeedback markers you can look for. And beyond that, we do have some calculations we can, I could help you out with if you're interested, but that's going to be the quickest and easiest way for you to figure out if you're drinking adequate water. Okay, number five. You guys ready? This one's behavioral. One of the major nutrition-related mistakes I have made is not developing shame resiliency. Now, shame resiliency is something that comes from Brene Brown's book, I Thought It Was Just Me, and it's, oh gosh, it's such a good read. If you need another summer read, add that one to your list. But she talks about developing shame resiliency. And one of the first steps is normalizing when you feel upset or ashamed or embarrassed about something, looking at it from a bigger perspective, like I'm not the only one that would feel this way. So for example, if you like, let's say you go to the swimming pool and you wear a swimsuit and somebody says something to you, or maybe a kid, like kids are brutally honest. (laughs) Like let's say a kid comes up to you and looks at your tummy and says, oh, hey, are you pregnant? And you're not pregnant. This actually happened to me two weeks ago. (laughs) And let's say they do that. You know, we immediately go to this place of shame of like, oh my gosh, it's, I can't believe I look that way. And we start on that track. But if we normalize it first, we go, okay, any woman in my situation would be upset by this. The second piece of shame resiliency is contextualizing. So seeing this particular situation in the big picture, Yes, it's offensive when a kid thinks you're pregnant and you're not pregnant or says something about your body that feels uncomfortable. But in the big picture, how does that align with your overall values and how you look at yourself and evaluate your overall self-worth? And then the third piece of shame resiliency is demystifying it. So sharing what you know in your experience with others, kind of like I'm doing here. Now, that's a really quick recap on a 300-page book. So there's a lot more where that came from. But that's it in a nutshell. Developing and spending time to understand shame resiliency is really, really crucial, especially when it comes to making dietary and health changes. 
The sixth mistake that I have made is misunderstanding carbohydrates. Now, at the core, we need carbohydrates, and science shows we need about 45 to 65% of our diet to come from carbohydrates. Now, when we're in like a simplistic or diet culture mindset, we only think of carbohydrates from grains, pastas, breads, like candy, sugar, and fruit. And I think that's a bummer of a place to be because we are not looking at carbs as a whole. So it's kind of like this whole process I had to go through where first I had to get acquainted on how much carbohydrate I really needed and getting away from like binging on carbs or totally restricting them. So that was step number one. And then step number two was getting a good idea of where carbs are actually coming from. I mean, we get carbs from a lot of sources I didn't even know prior to becoming a dietitian that we get carbs from. So for example cashews, almonds, nuts, like they're great sources of fat. They have a little bit of protein in them, but they also have carbohydrates in them. Nuts and seeds are a great source of nutrient-dense carbohydrates. So is yogurt. So is fruit. So are sweet potatoes. A lot of veggies have more of a starchy base to them, and they contribute a sustainable amount of carbohydrates. So I think this is where you know, they're, they're a little bit confusing and I've done a whole podcast episode on carbs. I'll, I know I'll do some more <laughs> in the future because there are so many questions about them, but not getting a good understanding of first the quantity my body needs, but also the quality of carbs that I was consuming. This was a game changer for me. Once I had a really good understanding of these two items around carbs, my energy level was amazing. I was sleeping better because I was sleeping better. I was working out better because I was working out better. I was getting stronger because I was getting stronger. I was having more energy. I mean, it's a snowball effect that builds on itself. And I think this is worth your time investigating and getting advice from a professional on how much carbohydrate would best serve you and the activity that you're asking of your body, but also you know, the kind of carbohydrates. And do you have a food sensitivity to some of these carbohydrates? Now, you got to be careful not getting sucked into diet culture stuff here because there's a lot of gimmicks of like, you know, gluten-free this or you got to avoid extra lactose from fruit. I mean, there's there's a lot out there. So be cautious about it. Make sure you talk to someone. Get personalized nutrition information here because, you know, your health's personal. So your nutrition should absolutely also be personalized. All right, number seven is actually my most recent nutrition mistake. This is one I have learned within the last, like, one or two years. But it's been something that took me a really long time to work through. And if you guys know my history, which you probably do if you listen to my first episode, so I had a, like, disordered eating in high school and then got deep into an eating disorder in college and then started my career as a dietitian learning about food. So I, I was in recovery, and, you know, I've never looked back. I love being there. But I was in this place where I didn't understand, and here's the mistake I made, I did not understand that health and your definition of healthy evolves. And what was healthy yesterday may not be healthy today, and it might not be healthy tomorrow. So in other words, we have to be willing to adjust what we define as healthy based on the current circumstance of our life. When I was recovering from an eating disorder, I had to go through a season where it was healthy for me to have the nachos to have the bagels, to have the donuts, to have all of the things I had told myself I could not have. I had to give myself the time, space, and permission to eat some of these foods that I had put off limits for so long. Now, I sat in that season for quite a while, but I did eventually come to this new place where, you know, I wanted to go back to some of the functional nutrition, and I wanted to start stepping into sports nutrition and eating for performance, but I remember being really nervous about adding in intentional eating. And it's like, if I tell myself 
I can't have that? Is it restriction? And it's really been within the last couple of years that I've come to a place where I know mentally I'm not in an eating disorder anymore and I don't put my value on my body. I don't worship the thin ideal. So it has allowed me this flexibility to start going back to some of this stuff. Like I'm going to hit my protein. And you know, sometimes that means I have a protein shake with a salad for lunch, which isn't the most like, it's not like nachos, right? But at that, at this season of my life, that is serving the purpose that I want fuel to play in my life, which is to give me energy, build a strong body. I want to keep up with my boys. I want to have energy at the end of the day to talk to my husband when, so I'm not so exhausted. And, you know, honestly, it's not all for them. Some of it's for me. Like I am getting closer to 40 and I have this goal of like, I want to be able to do a muscle up when I'm 40, something I've never been able to do. Like I was the girl in elementary school that could not do a pull up. I couldn't even get two pulls up the rope because I just had such a weak upper body. And so to me, there's also this newfound sense of accomplishment in pushing my body past a certain point and getting stronger. So I had to come to this weird place where it was like, okay, Jess, if you implement some of these intentional eating guidelines or you decide to you know, skip some of the foods you would have had a few years ago, that's not restriction. That's not disordered. You're not buying into diet culture. Guys, this is a really like gray area. So I say this cautiously and carefully because my journey is not going to necessarily reflect your journey. And you might be in a place where, you know, it's still healthier mentally and from an emotional state for you to have the donut or to have the extra serving of nachos or to have seconds. Guys, we're all in different places on this. So be really cognizant of where you are at in your journey as you hear this. But bottom line, know that we are ever evolving. And it took me a while to come to this place of understanding that it's okay for me to also evolve my definition of health and how I want to grow and change as a human just everywhere, right? I do that in my personal life and my career. Why wouldn't I be able to do that and move the reference point with my health? All right, friends, I sure hope hearing some of my mistakes has helped you either feel normal because you are struggling with some of the same stuff or it helps you skip these altogether. Really, that's my hope in sharing these today. I hope you all have a very, very happy June 24th. Thank you for celebrating my birthday with me here. And don't forget that that Food Foundations is on sale through the end of the month. Summer steal at checkout, friends. Have a fabulous day. Cheers and happy eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome, Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.